subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, hopefully Arkansas men's basketball can take some of that juju from last night as the women's team smashed Kentucky 88-61. to I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. Yeah, I saw that score. I mean, they really uh, they put it on them. I watched a little bit of it and then saw uh, the score at the end. And, yeah, it was a good win. And um, we'll see what happens tomorrow. I said this yesterday, and I believe it. If Arkansas has got a great game in them, and I don't know if they do, but if they do, we'll see it tomorrow. Yeah, and it's time to uh, you know figure out if you're going to have any home court edge. I mean, I, I mean, there's been times you've lost three SEC games at home, but uh, you know this is a place that generally is tough to win, and it seems like the whole world's against you. So I kind of wonder, you know, <laughs> does some Bud Walton magic finally appear with this team? You know, with it with a, a big name on the front of the, the jersey like Kentucky coming in. Well, we've seen it a couple of times already this year. We certainly saw it in the regular season when Duke was here. Um, you know, that building doesn't win the game, though. No. I mean, the players have to go win the game. And when you look at what Kentucky does well and when you look at what Arkansas has not done well, the matchup certainly favors Kentucky. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, when you're not playing well, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're at home or on the road. Just like sometimes if you are playing well, it doesn't matter if you're on the road or at home. So, um, again, I, I expect Arkansas to play with great effort tomorrow. And you mentioned what Kentucky does well. It's probably the best offensive team in the league. They've got a lot of link. Big Z, again, playing these his first two games. Tommy made an important th- point earlier, him just kind of getting acclimated. He's only played in two games after – finally getting eligible so Cal's still trying to figure out his minutes his rotation uh they look good he looked good his home debut not as great against South Carolina looked a little bewildered at times again another road matchup for him I wonder if he is going to look like he did against South Carolina or if he's going to look like he did in Lexington well you have to be concerned about him but the other guys are the ones that I mean Big Z I you know I'm, I'm gonna have to practice his name between now and tomorrow night um, I mean, he's he's part of the reason Kentucky's good, but if you go into the game with him being your – I mean, he doesn't even start. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, um, you he's sort of a novelty here of late. And I know he's a great player, but you better be concerned about the other guys. Yeah, and they got plenty of them. This is one of Cal's best freshman class, including a legacy in Breed Shepard. We played the uh, – Jim Nance call at the top of our open of his dad getting a shot blocked by Clint McDaniel in the, I think it was the 95 game at this point. So you got a legacy impact. You got these true freshmen. You got Reeves, who's back. So this is kind of a, I would say, a, a typical Cal Kentucky team where he's got like an, uh, an older guy or two, but he's got these freshman phenoms that are still trying to figure it out. And maybe they figured it out a little sooner than usually Kentucky teams have. 
Well, here's the thing. There's not much difference now in a true freshman. When you use that term, figure it out, that's kind of a catch-all term. But when you use that term, there's not much difference in a freshman and a guy that's played three or four years somewhere else, as we've seen, as we've seen this year. I mean, we've seen guys that are experienced players, and, you know, they've come in, and for whatever reason, you know, if you want to, again, use that term, figure it out, there's a lot of evidence that they've not yet. So, um you know, Cal's one of those guys you love to hate. Um, but Cal does a good job. He's a good coach. He's got a good team. And uh, Arkansas is going to have to play their butt off tomorrow to stay in it. Uh, and we'll see about Trevor in Brazil. Here's Muss and kind of his status after the game and maybe what we'll see from Trevor. We're going to hear from Muss later on at 1130. I'm not a doctor. Therefore, you know, for me, Right now, it's soreness, you know what I mean? So I'm sure that, I mean, anytime there's soreness involved, I'm sure, you know, we don't have our team doctor with us, so so you go back home, and, you know, our trainer's really good. He's usually spot on with all the evaluations, you know, so, I mean, until I get further word, I mean, it's, it, it, it is what, you know, what Matt, our trainer, like I said, he's he's been excellent since he's been with us, and, and, and he's, you know, right now calling it soreness and, you know, so rehab and things like that, and, and, and you let the doctor check it out as well. So we saw Trevin go for a career high in three-pointers against Duke earlier this year. He's only had one single-digit, or excuse me, double-digit uh, scoring uh, outburst against any SEC team. Um, guys, if there's time for him to wake up, I don't know if he's going to, but this would be the game tomorrow to do that. Well, yes, certainly for all of them it would be. You know, I think when you look at this, I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of speaking in generalities right now. You look at what Kentucky's done well. They have turned the other side over. Uh, and Arkansas has got to avoid that. This game's about turnovers tomorrow, uh, in my mind. I know there are other aspects, and other people may look at this game, and they may see it differently. But Arkansas has not valued possession of the basketball. Now, generally, teams are better in that regard when they're at home. But to me, that's, uh, that's a lot of what tomorrow's about. I expect Kentucky to shoot well. They generally do. If Arkansas is going to win, they're going to have to shoot a lot better than they have. That's an absolute certainty. But it starts with hanging on to the basketball. Um, and I think it starts with the first eight or ten minutes of the game. You, you look at the six SEC games, and three of them, you never led the game for a second. The other night, Arkansas turns the ball over way too much in the first eight or ten minutes of the game, and it was pretty well over at Ole Miss. So um, to everything you're saying is right, but you better be ready from the tip because Kentucky can run you out of the gym before the second uh, media timeout at the under 12, and, and it can be over. And and that's been Arkansas's problem too often in these in the first third of the SEC. You know, eight minutes in, and you're kind of fighting from behind and not much longer, and you're out of the game. Well, you mentioned the turnover aspect, Chuck. Well, that's what happened early against Ole Miss. Yeah, exactly. they gave away all the you know They gave away all those possessions. And you yeah. mentioned the turnover. Kentucky also, oddly enough, even with younger guys, does not turn the ball over. You would think that a team that has a lot of new players would still be in a situation where, yes, they can have these scoring outbursts at times, but they're top ten in the country, I think number one in the conference, and not turning the ball over. I mean, they're fourth in the country in assist-to-turnover ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't turn the ball over much. Um, they average, I mean, they're in the top, you know, just let, let's just take a look at this right now. Kentucky's assist-to-turnover ratio is fourth in the country. Ooh. Arkansas is 265th. So, I mean, you know, um, Bottom that's, third. A, that's, a, that's a key area right there. Um they're 10th in the country in assists per game. 
Arkansas is 296th. So, I mean, that's an offense. And, again, we go back to this catch-all term connected. But I think we saw in the South Carolina game, we saw in the Ole Miss game, we've seen in some other games, the stark contrast between a team that plays together and a team that does not. Uh, I thought the South Carolina game was an absolute clinic. If you want to take that word connected and put it up on a big screen and have, you know, audiovisual aids, show the highlights <laughs> of that game. I mean, show, show the highlights yeah. of that game. you got one team that's connected in all phases, and you've got another team that's just lost. And it didn't change all that much against Ole Miss. Um, but now having said all that again, if they've got a great game in them, we'll see it tomorrow. Yeah. And let me ask you, because you, you've done this a long time and you've, you've lived the travel that comes along with it, but Kentucky plays Tuesday night. They get beat. Arkansas plays a road game Wednesday night in the late game, gets, get back, you know, late, short turnaround, one less day of, of direct prep for this game, but do play at home Saturday. Uh, is there an edge in any of this, or does the fact that Kentucky comes here wipe that out? I think the fact that it's the Kentucky game changes some of that. Okay. Um, if you're saying, uh, but, 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 but now let me say this. If you're playing an 8 o'clock road game, you know, and let's say you've got a travel issue. Arkansas didn't, thankfully, the other night. But let's say you've got a travel issue, and you're into the wee hours getting home on Thursday morning. Well, a lot of Thursday shot, you know, from a physical standpoint. You may go back out there, but, I mean, you're, you're, you're not quite all there. And then... You know, you play a day game Saturday. So, I mean, you got a fairly quick turnaround there. But I really think when Kentucky's in town, um, it's a little bit different story. Yep. We'll see if they uh... – and, and it's at 5 o'clock, guys, instead of, you know, right. a, a I mean, 1 o'clock You're not playing at noon. You're not yeah, playing at right. noon. You mentioned the weather is supposed to be done, subsided by well, I mean, 12. It, yeah, the app on my phone says, you know, by, by late morning all the rain's gone. So, I mean – Sometimes people look at their phone or whatever, oh, it's going to rain or it's, it, yeah, it may affect game day and maybe some of the people that might not otherwise get out and, and brave that to, to go just to, for the curiosity of seeing it. But mm-hmm. uh, for the evening, the afternoon and the evening right now, currently the forecast is all that rain should be out of here by lunchtime. Yeah, it, we play the, uh, the clip, Chuck, of you talking about basically a third of the conference game that we played, two, two-thirds of it uh, remaining, 12 games. And one of the questions Musk was asked uh, – post game he wasn't a huge fan of the question i actually thought it was a decent one is you've got some guys on this roster this is their final season it's their final year i mean they came to arkansas to to get looked at by nba scouts and get to postseason those were the two main reasons and i guess nil probably had something to do with it as well i mean at this point you're not an ncaa tournament team you're not a postseason team you'll play one postseason game potentially two in the sec tournament and go home i mean i, I would think that would mean something to the guys that are on this roster that won't ever play college basketball again, maybe not even ever basketball again. And I, I don't know if that's the right way to approach some of these guys, but it, it made sense to me at least. Oh, I think from the outside looking in, that's one of those things you think about, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's discussed within the team. No, I, I think maybe if you've got, you know, 10 guys on your team and you all came in together and, You've all played for the same team for the last three or four years and all that stuff. Um, yeah, maybe it matters then. I, I don't think that 
I don't think that stuff matters as much as it used to. I just don't. Well, you, you think about, again, the, the what college basketball has turned into with the transfer portal and stuff like that. And we referenced the, the Elite Eight stat last year where it was like 31 of 32 guys were upperclassmen. Started. It was something insane. I remember you discussing that at some point in 2023. The other thing you can notice about Arkansas's roster, and we always talk about the turnover, not just with the, the players but the coaches, the, if you look at the, the concentrated base of last year's Final Four teams and how many years those guys were actually on the roster, yes, there were freshmen, yes, there were uh, transfer portal guys as well, but a good chunk of those guys were guys that stayed in. And I know that, again, it's been mentioned, now you got to get rid of this team and, and cycle through and go throughout. I don't know if that's the best formula heading into next year. Uh, and I don't know what Moses' approach is going to be. If you lose uh, 10 or 11 guys, you're bringing that in. I just don't know if that's the best philosophy heading into next season if we're looking ahead to that. Well, I mean, a lot of these guys are just going to be gone because of eligibility. Eligibility, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's not as though, you know, you've got a bunch of guys that are underclassmen. Um, you've got guys who are in here, and they're going to play this year, and that's 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 going to be it. I mean, Arkansas's got some core guys back. I mean, there's core guys back from a year ago. It's not like this is an entirely new team. Mm-hmm. It's just, to be real frank about it, they've not gotten what they would like to have from some of the people who came back. They haven't just, got, just, just, just to be brutally honest. They haven't been and, connected. <laughs> and so, consequently, I, I mean, you've got um, – um, you want to have your new guys come in and you, wanna, you want them to add things to what you have and make you a championship contender. Or if you need a guy that's going to be your primary scorer, you need to go out and, you know, get that guy. But it's not as though Arkansas does not have returnees from a season ago it's 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 not as though that isn't there and I don't know what's more disappointing is it the guys that were on the roster last year that didn't come into their own or, or take what they did last year and, and really build off that or is it the guys that you expected to come in as transfers and really help out this team that haven't done it I would if I had to pick one I would probably say the guys that are on it because they know what to expect they know what's expected of them and it just hasn't panned out but it's I mean it's it's a lot I'd of say both. It's I'd say of, both. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's 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 a different situation when you're a returnee. You're you're expected to show the way. When you're a guy who's brought in to play, you're expected to come in and play. So the expectations of the players are different. But I would, uh, uh, I'd say both. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't pin any extra blame on anybody. Hey, let me talk to you just for a second about Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. If you're buying or selling a home. If you find yourself in the real estate market, I want to recommend them to you. I can talk about my experience, number one. That's really what I can talk about uh, with, with the most frequency and, and, and the most accuracy because I went through it. Uh, I partnered with them multiple times uh, to buy and to sell. Every time we got from contract to close in short order. And on each occasion, I walked away absolutely satisfied uh, everything went the way I hoped it would. Now, I'm not saying it goes that way every time. I know everybody's situation's different. And the market's different. and You know, you need someone that understands where you are, your neighborhood, your block, what that means as a buyer or a seller. Um, and you get all that. 
with Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. Real estate professionals, and you need them now more than ever, I can assure you. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith. They're in Branson now, and you can always log on to WeikerGriffin.com. Guys, I'm sure it's the same for you, but I'll say this. Anywhere I go, you know, whether it, you know sitting down with some guys for lunch or you're just having a, a conversation with somebody, it always gets to the Razorbacks in the first two or three minutes, you know, about this basketball team. Everyone's got a theory. Everyone's got a solution. They wonder what your answer is to fix it. I mean, um, I'll say this, even though things have not went the way you've, you've wanted, uh, people are talking about it. In fact, I think it's one of the hottest topics in our state right now. Well, the last four years, when we've gotten to this point, we began to make plans for what we were going to do in basketball <laughs> postseason. <laughs> yep. And not any plans to make right now, or at least you're, you know, not many people want to hedge their bets and, and uh, make them right now. So I think that's a little bit different. And as fans, as Razorback fans, people's lives are different as a result of that. And so this is what they normally talk about this time of year. Uh, there's not, you know, there, there, there may not be a deep run this season. Although I do want to say this, and I've fallen into this trap, and, 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 and I hear us do it, and others, others as well. I do want to go back to what I said a minute ago, what you played on, on, on that clip. Um, there are two-thirds of the conference games that remain. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. It's either going to get a whole lot worse, or it is going to get better. Um, I do believe that. I, I don't. I don't believe we're going to see an 18-game Razorback basketball team that, that that plays the same, you know, from start to finish. Now it could go. I mean, it, it, people say, well, it can't get any worse. Oh yes, it can. Oh yes, it can. It can get a whole lot worse. But you know, there are a lot of games remaining, and the idea that you just throw away the season, you know, on the 26th of January, I, I don't. I don't. Um, I don't think that's the way to go because you are going to have to play all of them. And all you can do is try to dig out minute by minute. I don't know if this is going to be a team that can turn it around. I don't know. Um, but I know they're still going to play 12 more conference ball games, come hell or high water. You mentioned uh, your friends talking about the Arkansas basketball. Jerry's also phoned in this morning on the McClarty Daniel Holland. He wants to talk about Ridgeback basketball. Good morning, Jerry. Where's Where's the muscle at, guys? I, I don't understand. Where, we get pushed around. Ole Miss big guys. Uh, South Carolina's big guys. Where's our muscle? Hey, kind of makes got, Huh? Makes me think of the, those old Wendy's where's commercials the back in there. Where's the beef? <laughs> yeah, where's That's the old exactly lady? Where's the beef? <laughs> but, but we get pushed around, guys. Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to believe that you get beat off the dribble as bad as you do, and really, you're not. You don't have nothing to feed it off to because the big guy from UConn. You remember him last year? Sonogo, yeah. Uh, we just get we get our head pounded in by guys like that. I wish I wish I want to know where our tough guys like that is. You know, and why are we not putting more meat on them boys' bones to say? You know, uh, we're awful skinny. Would you not agree with that, Chuck? Oh, I think there's some guys that are better, better thin. Yes. Well, yeah, he misevaluated in the off season. You lost your big tough guy in Mikel Mitchell. Mikel's the more skilled big man, and you didn't go get anyone. And I was, I was. Well, now wait a second. Wait. At what point last year was Mikel Mitchell a key part uh, of this team? He was. If you're going to have a banger, which but he, he did, didn't play enough to bang. 
He did, he did at times. He played in that Kentucky game. Okay. They when we'll you, have to disagree on okay. that. One. You, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think Mikel leaving was uh, that big a deal. You, I just put it that way. You lost your only banger inside. Makai, again, at 6'10", is the more skilled of the two twins. You didn't add. You added Chandler Lawson at 6'8". I know we talk about his wingspan all the time. He's slender. It, Jerry's right. You didn't add any beef. And you've gotten beaten by beef every postseason game you've played it when you go up against it. So, I again, I don't understand that. I would think that after this year... Well, and after the postseason losses that Arkansas but, suffered, that they will try and go. Well, that, but that, you don't just wave a magic wand yeah, and, a, and a six I mean, guy that's got got meat on his bones appears. I mean, those, do you know who they were after? I mean, do you know who they were after? I mean, I can't. I mean, I, I I'm not privy to that information, but I know that guys didn't land on the roster. So my I'm, point is, is is I think they were after some of those guys, and they just didn't get them. But but. Uh, look, if you want to pinpoint beef inside, yeah, that's an issue. Um, but I still will submit to you that the biggest issue on this team defensively is the inability to stop the ball. Yep. No, they can't do that. JT and Hot Springs picks up a good point. Kamani Johnson, even at six says, seven, yeah. would bang Kamani's around. a guy that that kind of personality, that kind of player you miss for sure. Just a – it didn't matter. I mean, he was he was a smaller, well, basically power forward at 6'7". It, it did not matter. I would a be – general toughness is missing. Though. Yeah, I would be shocked if Muss and this staff in the in this portal cycle did not go get a 6'11", 6'10". There are guys going to be out there. There's going to be more – it's going to increase every year. You're going to continue to see more and more players hit the transfer portal. Not only the toughness acts, but the defense. You're going to see them get a big man or two in this next cycle. Because the SEC is featured. I mean, you're going up multiple guys tomorrow in Kentucky. You got punked. Well, by you have to because you're losing Graham and you're losing Mackay. You have to go yeah. get big guys. You have to replace those guys. But those weren't, again, last year defensive presence, and I, I, I didn't understand why yeah, they didn't understand that. Well, my point, well, <laughs> my point is, is they're gonna go get big men just simply because of attrition. Yeah. I mean, they got guys leaving. They got to replace those bodies. So, yes. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas, is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's arlingtonhotel.com. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You can save time, eat well, and stay on track with a healthy lifestyle. We are offering a special deal for you. If you head to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and use code HTL50, you can get 50% off. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your options and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals that can be ready in just two minutes. No prep and no mess. Try Factor and you'll still be able to get the flavor and nutritional quality you want and need. Remember, go to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and use code HTL50 to get 50% off. 
That's code HTL50 at factormeals.com slash HTL50. Man, you've had some great games with the Kentucky Wildcats in Bud Walton Arena over the years. Some games that you will remember for the rest of your life. I don't know if that is going to be one tomorrow at 5 o'clock. I know people are excited for college game day, and maybe that will give some juice, some energy to this basketball team. We'll have to wait and see. But it has been a fun rivalry, and a rivalry that has not been one-sided by any stretch of the imagination. Kentucky's got more wins, but you'd like to add another win to your win column tomorrow. We'll talk more basketball coming up, but we do have to talk about the upcoming college football playoff transformation, not just where it's going to be moving to 12 games this season, but also 12 teams, but also to another network potentially. And we'll do that coming up in just a sec. Hey, going to be a good weekend to get out and do a little fishing, take along a pack of the Bobby Garland Baby Shad, the number one volume lure of the 20 fishing brands made by Pradco. The Bobby Garland Baby Shad's made by the millions in their Fort Smith plant. The Baby Shad is without a doubt the number one soft plastic crappie lure in the, in the U.S. You can fish it on a light jig head or underneath a float. You'll find it to work as good as live bait. Find it at Walmart, Bass Pro Shops, Academy, LearnNet.com, and tackle stores all over the place. Look for it by name, the Bobby Garland Baby Shad. So this guy by the name of TJ, I think it's Alamore, figured out the last seven or eight years that college football viewership has been dominated by 18 teams. 15%, 50% of all college football viewership is taken up by the likes of Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, and several others on this list. And then you've got other viewership from other teams as well. There's 130-plus FBS teams that make up D1 college football. And when you look at what we're headed towards with the 12-team college football playoff, right now ESPN is trying to get the sole rights for the college football playoff moving forward where to solely be on ESPN for the next six years though or so. It's apparently going to cost them $1.3 billion a year for these rights to do that moving forward. Now, I think it's a mistake. I thought it was a mistake when the SEC solely decided on basically ESPN, ESPN and ABC to put on that network. I thought they should have tried to spread it around like the Big Ten and others have done. I think it's going to be a mistake if the college football playoff trust all puts all their chips in one pot with ESPN. I think they should go about the NFL model and do that. But they, they are in the midst of that contract negotiation well, right now. Here's the difference in what the SEC has to choose on an ongoing basis and what the college football playoff committee will have to choose. The SEC has its own network. Who are they in partnership with? ESPN on operating that network out of Charlotte. So you're also making a decision on how you're going to operate your league network, which is a huge part of the income on the distribution of that. Chuck, the college football playoffs just wanted to get the most for airing the games. There's a, a full-blown business partnership on a day-to-day basis that goes on between the SEC and ESPN. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not really sure, you know, exactly what we're driving at here. But, I mean, it, it um, there's going to be big money change hands. I, you know, people, people act like it's just one ESPN channel. I mean, they, 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 they forget the ABC aspect of all this. Um, you know, yeah, there's CBS and, and look, I, I, I wish the SEC was still on CBS just for the record, but I understand why they're not, but they're going to be on ABC. They're still going to be on one of the three major networks. So, um, 
I don't know who's going to get the playoff. I know it's going to be on TV, and I, I'm pretty sure I'll yeah. watch. And I don't think the average fan really cares. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think they care. I don't think, you know, whether you tune into CBS or ABC or ESPN or Fox, I don't think the average fan really cares. They just want to watch the game. So you think you're the one that wanted to talk about this well, from yesterday. I think, I what's, think the, the meat, what's the meat on the bone that the, you want to The meat discuss? on the bone is the other thing you said. To me, the story is, What'd you say? Eighteen schools hold fifty percent of the viewership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Yeah, that I, part's. I'm different. of the belief that there will come a day, or at least there will be heavy conversation about those schools, those eighteen or twenty schools that consume most of the viewership, being in their own class, their own league, absorbing more of the money, and the rest of the college football world's maybe left oh. to. To figure it out. Well, you're 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 not going to have eighteen or twenty teams out there break off on their own. Look, fans are going to watch the best games. You know, look at the National Football League. I'm sure that there are over the last five, ten years, there are a handful of teams that have dominated the viewership because they're the best teams. When I look at college football and the way people digest it, you watch the best games regionally slash nationally, and then you watch your team. You watch every minute your team plays, and you watch a great game, you know, out uh, uh, regionally or nationally. It's always been that way. And someone may have quantified it and put it down on paper, but I suspect it's always been that way. Well, the reason you bring, the reason I'm bringing that up is because it's six years, right? So if your formula, if that philosophy, if that standpoint is going to take place at some point... It's a matter of if and when, right, or, or just when, if that's the, the approach well, you're taking. And so, I agree with Chuck. It won't be a 20-team league, but it, I could certainly see the Power Five and those 60 or so schools getting trimmed down to about the 35 or 40 well, here's that, why, that matter most. Here's why you care as a listener. Arkansas is not on that list. You're not. You're not. Oh, I think I think we're playing a really far fetched game of what if right here. I don't I think, think so. Uh, I think I, th- I think I think Arkansas will be in that group as a member of the Southeastern Conference. I think Arkansas will be in that group. I don't. But they're th- not going to kick Arkansas out of the SEC. They're not going to do that. I don't think. But if you're transforming like you're talking about to that Super League, Arkansas's not one of the top. What'd you say? Forty eight. What was the There's, number? Guys, this idea that there's going to be a thirty team Super League that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, if, now you will have uh, you will have the some of them break away, and I think that will happen. Just for the record, and Arkansas will be in that group. Let's not figure out a way where we're going to get screwed. Uh, I mean, let's not play the what if game to the point where we're going to get screwed. That's 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 not going to happen. If ESPN is paying one point three potential billion dollars for this said package, and it's going to be more, I would guess, past that. They want the, again, the best product imaginable from a football well, yeah. standpoint. They, but it's the playoff. And they it have is. that. Yeah. Yeah, and the they playoff. have that. Yeah. And they have that now. But if you're, again, if you're coming from the idea that that is, if it's going to transition to that. Well, but these, th- those are two separate conversations. The playoff is the the cream of the crop. It's the best, you know, it's the best games in theory of the college football season because they're the playoff games. They're they're you, you just think about the number of games and the cost per game. Do the do the math on that. How many games are in that twelve team playoff? You got four in that first round, then four more. First that's four eight quarters, semis, and then and ten, eleven games. Mm-hmm. Do, do the math on what that is per game and how many how many ads you need to sell and the distribution and and everything that goes along with this. This is 
you know, one point three billion's quite a risk, I think. So uh, I I think it's interesting, but I do think the numbers and the meat on that bone in the conversation is you get about twenty schools that have half the viewership. That to me is a playoff. But again, I'll go back to what I said a minute ago. Someone's quantified it now, but I suspect it's always been this way. Yeah, you're in. You may be right. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua Sign Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year: Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures, and at Joshua Sign Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one of a kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua Sign Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games right through the Final Four and the championship game. Bet Online is where your college basketball headquarters are this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome. Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. So yesterday, Tommy called the NFL Conference Championship Weekend one of the best sports weekends of the year. And it's hard to disagree with that. This is a weekend where NFL fans, casual football fans, will tune in to watch the Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. But is it the best sports weekend of the year? For some, it is. For some of you, it's anytime Kentucky comes into town. For others, it's anytime Texas comes into town. That's your weekend that you love the most. For me, it's the first weekend of March Madness. The upsets, the craziness, the continuous games from Thursday to Sunday where you're not doing jack squat at work from basically 11 a.m., on Friday or Thursday and Friday. That's my favorite sports weekend of the year. Chuck, Tommy, what is the best sports weekend of the year? Well, I mean, uh, in terms of the NFL, I like the conference championship games the best. But, you know, that's just the NFL. I don't know that I'd call it the best sports weekend. I like the first weekend of the NCAA basketball tournament. Um you know the 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 I've always liked the New Year's Day bowl games. It doesn't always fall on uh, you know the weekend, but particularly back when they played most of the bowl games on that day, I love that day. I thought that was the best sports day of the year. It's not so much anymore, but um, I don't know that I have a favorite sports day, but I, I probably have a favorite day for each sport. Yeah, if that makes sense. And my favorite day is. is- is the conference championship games. And I, I thought the divisional games last two again were, were really good. I just think you always get treated to two great games. You can play in your weekend around it. I love the conference championship games. The weekend at the Masters is always hard to beat. There's always generally good drama. It's good golf. That people that don't love golf will watch it. So that's up there. But I'm a golf guy. But I think even you know the non-golfer will, will pay attention to an event like the Masters. So, And then you mentioned March Madness. It's hard to beat that first three or four days of the NCAA tournament, but I like the second weekend even better. See, my, my favorite golf weekend is the British Open okay. because you get up early, yeah. you're up before the crack of dawn, the house is quiet, nobody <laughs> else is up, you're watching golf. I really do enjoy the British weekend, probably more than the Masters weekend, You know, just, just in terms of being a television viewer. I, and, I, and that's one of the few 
sporting events we get to talk about on Thursday and Friday morning that's live and going on during our show. We, we rarely the scoreboard. Yeah, we rarely get to update or talk about live sports during the calendar year. That's that's one of the handful of events we. Sometimes you'll have a soccer match when, in the World Cup, but when they're playing, you know, halfway yeah, around the world, I don't get up for that. That uh, you're not Matt Jones esque. I'm yeah. I'm excited for 2026. So it's going to be here in the U.S. and it's reportedly going to be the World Cup finals going to be in Jerry World. So Jerry once again somehow some way maneuvering his stadium mm. into the the centerpiece. That's exciting news. Yeah. Yeah, I, not, I, so it's not War Memorial. No, it's not War <laughs> Memorial. It's at uh, AT&T Stadium. I know Little Rock. Guess they barely missed out. Pushed hard for that, but yep. I bet I would not be surprised if our own Matt. So are they going to rip up the turf and put real grass in? It's a great Ooh, question. They're going to have to. Yeah, they're have to. Is that part of it? And I guess yeah. the, the soccer field's bigger. Than the You're field. not going to play the World Cup no, on sir. AstroTurf. No, sir. No, sir. That, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know anything about soccer, and I know that. And I don't know much about soccer, but I know that's the biggest sporting event in the world. I mean, bigger. It's bigger than the Super Bowl. Is that your favorite sports weekend time? World Cup weekend? I and mean, we get it once every four years. Um, if the U.S. is in it, then I'll pay more attention. I didn't pay a lick of attention last time because our soccer program sucks. And uh, hopefully, Pulisic, the young kid, will get us going again. I've noticed the foundation Razorback Foundation has been pushing these these trips to Paris. And hey, if you sign up for your tickets, you can win a, a, a and buy season tickets for track. You could win a. Uh, a package to go to Paris. I, that that would be something I'd love to do. I'm not going to do it, but that would be a, you know like, hey, going to the Olympics in Paris. That'd be pretty cool. So I, I think that'd be a good sports. Talking about sports weekends, that'd be a good sports weekend. Yeah, you'd I would, be broke when you got back, but it'd be a good sports weekend. I I, I know there's like there's plenty of cities. You always talk about going to Italy. Uh, the first like area I want to go to is Dublin. Play golf check out the bar scene and that i just don't have a huge desire to go overseas at any point there's so many places in the united states that i haven't been places in arkansas i haven't been that i want to go to before that so all right that's your morning rush daily question it's brought to you by red river dodge and heber springs they are arkansas's number one ram dealer log on at redriverdodge.com This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Baxter Health. Compassionate care beyond measure. All right, so we're talking about college football a little bit. Guys, with Nick Saban retiring, Jim Harbaugh moving on, those are two big-time personalities that have been a part of the sport and been the faces the last couple of years. Whether you like them or not, they represent a good chunk of the the sport. So with them moving on, who's going to take that? Hold. Who's going to take that? I have two people that I jotted down that I feel like are now going to represent the sport, whether you like them or not. It's Lane Kiffin and Deion Sanders moving forward. The new age, the new model. Kirby doesn't have the personality, even with the winning. He doesn't have Saban's personality. Dabo has the personality, but he hasn't been winning. You got Ryan Day up in Ohio, who's a stick. Nothing there. Maybe Dan Lanning, but they got to win a national championship first. I just I, I point to those two as the new faces of the sport right now. When you think well, now, about are you saying faces as in command media attention or winning national championships like those other guys? I did? think those are two separate conversations because you can win national championships and not necessarily like again. Smart doesn't have a personality. He doesn't have anything there. It's very dull. Like you listen to his press conference, you go to sleep. Saban, you listen to him. Well, at times, I mean, Saban's not exactly always the most uh, 
charismatic individual. I when I there is a massive massive difference between Nick Saban and Kirby Smart in terms of wh- how they speak to media, how they command a room. It's a major major difference between those uh, two. I I I'll take the guy that wins on the field as opposed to the guy that wins the press conference. If you want to have a face that's glib and you know, attracts attention and all that, you can have him. I'll take Kirby Smart 365 yep. days a year. Well, you think about where college football and college basketball right now, where you lose Mike Krzyzewski, Roy Williams, Jay Wright, Nick Saban, four of those guys retired. National championship coaches. Yeah, and National championship winners. coaches. And then winners. Jim Harbaugh as well. Both sports are seeing new transformations at this point in terms of who's commanded. And I know that happens over time. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes taking over for Tom Brady at this point. But I think those the way the sport is trending with NIL and the transfer portal, the way that Ole Miss and Colorado have dominated this offseason. Now, you're right. They have to win. Yeah, at some that, point, you do have to win. That, that, there's, there, there's no pushback from me whatsoever on that. But if there's anyone equipped to do that right now, based on the current roster and based on the flux of the SEC with Saban time, and based on the fact that they get George at home this year, it's Lane Kiffin in Oxford. But, but you look at Dion; he was about a one-month story in college football this year during the season. There's a big leap Why? between what winning. Yeah, I mean, there's a big leap between you know what Dion's done at Colorado and what Kiffin's doing at Ole Miss, which. Both of them have done great jobs. But it's a big leap to say one of those guys is going to be the face of college football. The faces of the sport are the guys that dominate winning. Because with the promotional machines out there, of which ESPN is probably the biggest and the best, if you win enough games, they'll make you cool. Look what they've done with Saban. He's 72 years old. They've made him cool. Saban's not innately cool. ESPN's helped him a lot. They've yeah. made him cool because it helps their product. You win national championships, you'll be cool. If you don't, you'll have people saying, man, I really like that guy. He, he's, he's, he's really good. He runs a great program. One of these days, he's going to win a title. Yeah. See, I would say the face of college football is Kirk Herbstreet. I, I would agree with and that. I, I know you're I driving towards that. a coach, but – the face of college football, the people that are the person that I think the the mass audience turns to to I wonder what he thinks. I think it's Kirk I agree Herbstreit. with that. Just 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 like for better or worse, Paul Feinbaum's the face of the SEC. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is, and uh, you know, it's 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 that's the power, and that's why I say if you're a championship coach, ESPN will make you cool. I mean, they will because it's to their benefit to do so. They've done it with Feinbaum. They've done it with Saban. They do it with every other person who they decide is, is, is going to be the one that they put front and center. But in terms of coaches, in terms of coaches, as long as Kirby Smart continues to dominate, Kirby Smart's going to be the face of he's college football. Made cool. yeah. Paul Feinbaum isn't. Isn't uh, naturally cool. <laughs> no no no. I mean, he, he, I mean respectfully, I, I, he'd probably tell you the same thing. You know, a lot of people would say he's a dorky guy. You know, and, and the truth is, he, he kind of is. And and look, none of us are particularly cool. I mean, I know you think you are, Ty, but <laughs> but, but 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 none of us really are. But you know, again, if 
If you're Kirby Smart, you went through four of these things in a row. You're going to be the coolest guy out there. You'll be you'll be a 50 year old hipster. Yeah, that's just how it works. And of the three of us, you're the only one trying to be cool. So well, geez, I felt like that was just uncalled for at that point. Well, but. I mean, it was just it didn't even yeah it didn't need to be said. Knew, it was so obvious it, it didn't coming. need to be said. As soon as he started, I knew it was coming too. I was because just because you on, you know the truth just, deep down. You know the truth. Just waiting on you're not the, cool to hit to this point. I'm not saying you know that uh, that doesn't play a role and signing players and building a program but um gotta there's a lot of guys you know they're not trying to be cool cats on that practice field gotta be and, substance uh, there at that's some point. um yeah i mean substance you gotta have the winning. whole package so if it's kurt her a combination of kurt herb street and kirby smart for football who is it for basketball because basketball i think would be more wide open and i would say at this point right now i know that connecticut and hurley just won the national championship Bill Self and Kansas are always in the running. And Arkansas beat them last year. I'm guessing you point to Lawrence, Kansas, and Lexington, Kentucky with Cal and, and Self. Both of us had think, success. I don't know he didn't technically beat Self because he had the, the heart, not murmur, but whatever it was. But that's where you probably go still for basketball, right? Or is it more about brands in basketball rather than coaches? I think it's more about school brands. But I think Calipari is one of those faces currently in the game because he's just been around a long time. I mean, when we go back to what UMass, what what year was that? 90, was 93. 95, 90, we won the national championship. Right, but, but Arkansas played him, played him in that oh. preseason NIT, yeah. 94, whatever, maybe going into that. Yeah, whatever it was. But, I mean, when's the last time you, you thought about college basketball and John Calipari wasn't part of the conversation, whether it's Memphis, whether it's UMass, whether it's Kentucky. Um, I mean, that you know, other than the brief stint in the NBA, he's that's – He's been a face, so I mean, Billis. Billis has become, I think, the uh, the voice of college basketball, kind of like Herb Street is yeah. for college football. Mm-hmm. I think I think Billis fills the same role for uh, ESPN when it comes to college basketball. There's not been a guy that's dominated the game. You know, college basketball lends itself to parity. Got a 68 team tournament. I mean, you got schools like Florida Atlantic and San Diego State in the Final Four. You know, you would never, and, and I I know some will disagree, but I don't think you're going to see those schools in the college yeah. football playoff. And so basketball lends itself to parity, and so it's probably harder to be a face, so to speak, um, than it is in football. Coach K was the closest to saving yeah, yeah, no question it, it was it, Coach K when he was right. when he was active. Because he was so consistent from the late 80s till his retirement a couple of years ago. I mean, he was in a... He was in a Final Four every few years, it seemed like. He was there. Well, and, you know, John Wooden for many, many years. I mean, you know, John Wooden is to college basketball what Jerry West is to the NBA. I mean, he's the logo, so to speak. And um, so right now, I don't know that there's that kind of personality in college basketball. But I don't know that with, you know, all the movement now and the way the game's changed, I don't know that it lends itself to that kind of guy anymore. And you don't do that overnight. You do that over a series of years and consistently winning and being in the biggest games that matter. Um, college- well, those guys worked for schools, too, that didn't fire them when they had a bad year. Yeah. And all of them did. All those guys had a bad year or two. They were fortunate in that they didn't get fired. And now you have a bad year or two, you're going to get fired. That's just the way it works, even in basketball now. Um, you know, the, 
coaches don't have that luxury anymore, and, and all those guys benefited from that. I mean, mm-hmm. Coach K, all of them, they all had bad years here and there. Mm-hmm. That's what goes along with the money. When you pay someone four, five, six million dollars, you know, you're, you're expected to return that investment with wins. See, I would, uh, and the Cal aspect is interesting because he's got one at Kentucky. He's been to Final Four, been to another national championship, but it hasn't because of the way basketball and the tournament is structured. He hasn't had one, but you do have one of your blue bloods coming in. You do have one of the premier coaches in college basketball with so many retiring at this point, uh, which, again, there's so many angles you can look at this game tomorrow at 5 o'clock game day. You mentioned one of the faces of college basketball that are coming in. I... I hope that what you've said the last couple days is correct, that if they're going to play a good game, it is tomorrow. I don't know how. I said if. I said if. if, I didn't say they were. I said if they've got a good good game game in them. And I don't know that they do. But if they do, I'll bet we see it tomorrow. Yeah, and here's Muss just talking about how you get guys excited. And at this point of the season, there's really no reason not to be. You know, you want senior leadership. You want guys to embrace but, but we want all our guys. I mean, I want our freshmen excited. We want our seniors excited. We want everybody uh, excited. We don't have that many games left, although we still have a lot left in conference play, and uh, we got to try to figure out a way to get better. So we saw some grit and toughness in the Purdue and, and Duke games, and I went back to that 2020 team. I was just kind of looking because I know they didn't have a great year, but I went back to some of the losses they had, and it was like, in oh, he had multiple overtime losses, like the one to Auburn. He had a two-point loss to South Carolina, seven-point loss to Kentucky. This team here that you have right now is more talented. There's no question about that. I know that team had Isaiah Joe, who had an, he was having an incredible season right now in the NBA, and Mason Jones. But I still think top to bottom, this team is more talented. They just aren't showing the same toughness that we've seen to this point in the season. And I wonder, like. If, if it's there at all, or if they're never going to showcase it at any point this year. Because that was asked, that team, at least again, that was not the most talented team. Adriel Bailey was playing center at six foot six, but they had at least the toughness aspect in year one that must needed to get this thing going. This team is more talented, but I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering if you can somehow unlock that next level of the toughness aspect that you need to get in conference play that's helped this team the last three years. I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a simple answer to a long question, but I don't know. We've we've not seen evidence so far that the answer is yes. Yeah, I don't think you just flip the switch and become a tough guy. You know, I, I you know I just don't think that uh, you know we're going to see this dynamic change because you're a third of the way through and this will become a different team. Do I think they will win some games? Do I think they will surprise us? Perhaps tomorrow or somewhere along the way, a game you think well. I'm not even going to make an appointment with myself to watch that game because I don't think they can hold their own in a road game. They're going to surprise us a few times along the way, just like we've been surprised in some of the losses and how big the margin's been uh, so far this way. So, I, I, you know, I, I don't think this, this team is done by any stretch, but I don't think they've just become a tough team overnight. I think that, you know, sometimes when a team struggles, you know, particularly those who work in the media, um, everyone tries to pinpoint the reason they're struggling. You know, I'm going to be the one that explains to everybody why they are struggling. Well, for the last week or two, toughness has been what everybody's kind of gravitated around. Bush used the term a time or two, and all of a sudden the narrative becomes, well, this team's not tough. This team's got a lot of issues beyond toughness. This is, uh, at the end of the day, a lot of this is about execution. 
um, poor ball movement on the offensive end is not because they're not tough. Um, Letting a guy drive around you is not because you're not tough. Not closing out on a three-point shooter doesn't make you a weakling. (laughs) You know, so I realize that there's that toughness and the grit and all that stuff. And it is important. It is very important. You don't win without it. But there are so many things right now that have to be corrected that toughness is part of it. But, again, I, 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 and that's the frustrating part about losing is if you want to go to a reason, if you want to try to be the one that comes up with the reason, I mean, there's fertile ground every week. This is part of it. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's the overriding issue, but – you know, when you're when you're one and five in conference play, um, I think it'd be fair to say there are probably several overriding issues. Baxter Health. If you're in North Central Arkansas, if you're in South Central Missouri, you know the name. Uh, it's your health system. It's been there for years. It's where you go when you're sick. It's where you go when someone in your family has a problem. And the great thing about Baxter Health is they serve their areas with world-class health care. Now, they've got a health care facility, and a big one, uh, over 250 beds. But what they've got, and I think this is so important, is they've got over 40 locations out there that are care clinics. Uh, they give you an opportunity to get well. They give you an opportunity to, to see the doctor, as simple as that sounds, in, in, in an area that's convenient to you. And that's what they offer at Baxter Health. Now, it is world-class care. It is a state-of-the-art health care system. And we're so fortunate to have it right in our own backyard in an area where a lot of people really, really need the service. It's also a great place to work. You know, if you're an LPN, by the way, or if you're an RN, they've been recognized as a best place to work in healthcare by Modern Healthcare Magazine. They've been rated one of the best places to work in Arkansas by Arkansas Business. And they've been voted a top 100 rural and community hospital by uh, several of the services out there. So we are lucky to have them. And if you'd like more information, you can log on to BaxterHealth.org. Well, I do know two guys that are going to be there in Budwall and Arena tomorrow. Bob Holt will be covering the team and kind of got an invite from Dave Van Horn yesterday to, to kind of sit with him. You going to the basketball game Saturday? I'm not sure yet. Why, you want to sit with me? Uh, you have better seats than I do, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I don't, but I, I don't think so. Maybe now, you can I, I get some good seats, but they're not mine. Oh, so I have cool. to make a call or, you know, I have to work on it a little bit. <laughs> I think Dave could find a connection or two. I love the video of Dave Van Horn when Cal got tossed a couple years ago. Dave's waving goodbye. See you later. That's one of my favorites. Well, he's been on both I, think, uh, I think that's what Dave thought Bob was going to be driving at yeah. during that line of questioning. And I, I sort of sensed in Dave's voice he was ready to not talk about yeah. that. He was the one guy that could say, hey, I have been taught. I mean, he knew exactly what Cal was going through because he's he's been there before as a coach. I've seen guys wave at Dave yeah. when he was headed to the showers. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Part of it, I, there, he doesn't get tosses. Chuck, you made the point before that with replay, coaches don't. Yeah, replays you know, ruined it yeah, all. You yeah. never see a good argument what, anymore. No one's kicking what, up dirt. I remember the craziest moment that happened. I guess last year was when Brad Bolden, Bolding, the uh, Alabama head coach, called the Hogs as he got ejected. The Alabama head coach and got uh, after he got tossed. That really Brad irritated Bohannon. him. Or Bohannon, yeah, yeah and he the gambler, uh, yeah, and he. Uh, <laughs> And what do you know? He gets uh, he gets fired for illegal gambling and whatnot. So uh, I guess that's uh, karmage for or karma for doing that at that point. 
Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You can save time, eat well, and stay on track with a healthy lifestyle. We are offering a special deal for you. If you head to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and use code HTL50, you can get 50% off. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your options and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals that can be ready in just two minutes. No prep and no mess. Try Factor and you'll still be able to get the flavor and nutritional quality you want and need. Remember, go to factormeals.com HTL50 and use code HTL50 to get 50% off. That's code HTL50 at factormeals.com slash HTL50. All right, it's a college game day in town for the first time ever featuring the rivals of Arkansas and Kentucky. We're going to talk to Sean Smith coming up coming up shortly. He covers the Kentucky Wildcats in Lexington, has a good understanding of that basketball program and what they're bringing in to Fayetteville tomorrow. We'll do that coming up on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Brought to you by APAC Arcola. They have immediate openings in Boone, Marion, Baxter, Benton, Washington counties, and other areas. If you're a licensed CDL driver, heavy equipment operator, concrete finisher, maybe you're a diesel mechanic or you have paving or concrete labor experience, you can apply at jobs.crh.com. APAC Arcola offers top pay, a sign-on bonus, benefits that include insurance, retirement, and profit sharing as well. Again, apply online. That's jobs.crh.com. Jobs.crh.com. APAC Arcola is an equal opportunity employer. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by McClarty Daniel. McClarty Daniel has a vehicle to fit both your style and budget. With six locations in Springdale and Bentonville, you're never too far from a good deal. Visit McClartyDaniel.com to find your next ride. And we welcome in Sean Smith again. Go BigBlueCountry.com. Sean, this is the first time ever that Arkansas has hosted the basketball version of, of College Game Day. I know it's happened in Lexington a few times. What, what is the benefit for Eric Moss? and his basketball program tomorrow which is all the the car wash type of stuff that's going on on ESPN I think it just adds some juice it adds, it adds juice to a building that doesn't really need juice but to me when you have that that crew coming in you you got the national spotlight on your program for a morning and for a day you got Kentucky coming to town I think it just makes for some extra juice around the program just to have some excitement. Look, this this is a must-win game for Arkansas, and it, it adds to it. Sean, you think about Kentucky. Offensively, they're one of the best, if not the best, in the country. Defensively, though, they've given up, I think, 77 or more points in every conference game this season. Is that the biggest weakness of this basketball team? It is, and, and honestly, I think it's more tied to discipline than it is anything else. And But, but this has been a trend with Cal 
for the last four or five years. They've, they've not defended at a clip that they did early in his time in Lexington. <clears throat> and a lot of that, I think, is you see this transition to more playing in space. You see more three-point shots taken. I think maybe the playing style that a lot of people talked about offensively that Cal was holding back from, it's also kind of hurt some things on the defensive end as well. And I think that they struggled to guard some of that similar action. But this is a team last year that didn't defend well. They didn't defend well the year before that. Like, this has been an ongoing trend. But this year, I tie it more to just lack of discipline, breakdowns with some of these young guys. I've talked about it a lot this last couple of days, especially since the loss to South Carolina. They just, they'll, they'll be solid at four spots, and then one guy will kind of go rogue and do his own thing, and then it puts them in a bond. And this is a team that doesn't rotate well on the defensive end of the floor. I think those things will improve, but will they improve enough for this team to actually live up and do something in the tournament? That remains to be seen. Antonio Reese has had a great year, leading scorer right now for Kentucky, averaging nearly 20 points a ball game, also making almost 90% of his free throws. Uh, give us some more insight on the kind of season he's had and what – you know, what's really made him the kind of the heart and soul of the offense so far for the Wildcats? Well, you know, it was no secret back in the summer. There, there was a lot of talk that, that he didn't really see a fit on this roster. And, and honestly, a, a lot of it was because you got five-star freshmen coming in and Rob Dillingham, DJ Wagner, and obviously Reed Shepard, and we know what he's been doing. But I just didn't understand that logic and thought because I thought it made a lot more sense for him to be on this team than it did last year's team because of the spacing and the things that we're seeing Kentucky do at the four and the five, you got a guy, Antonio Reeves, that is in his fifth year of college basketball that is having a career year in every statistical category of his game. You don't see that much in college basketball. The, the, the older guys in college basketball, they're usually there for a reason, right? Like, if you're not one and done or out after the second year, you're usually a senior or junior for a reason, and, and it's something to do with you're not able to get to the league or, or make that jump. I'm seeing a guy now that is becoming a more lethal scorer from all three areas. And we knew what he did at Arkansas a year ago, but his game is more complete now. He's having an average in career highs, doubled his rebounding average this season, becoming a better defender, but I also think that he understands how to score the ball more efficiently now than he ever has in his career, which is pretty impressive for a fifth-year guy. Kentucky lost in overtime two weeks ago to A&M, bounced back the next game with Mississippi State and a win 90-77 to at home. A loss to South Carolina earlier this week that I think surprised some, but if you played close attention in the league, South Carolina is a good ball club. That was 79-62, the final. How do you think Kentucky rebounds on the road at Arkansas tomorrow? Yeah, I'm sure that's probably the one thing Eric Musselman didn't want to happen was Kentucky go to South Carolina and lose the way that they did because you, you know you're going to get a hungry group coming into Bud Walton Arena and you're going to have to be hungry. And, and to me, the more desperate team wins. And when you get down to this point in the season – it's all desperation. You, you've got Arkansas. You've got these teams that maybe have struggled their way to this point that are looking for a quad one win. On the other side of that, you're Kentucky. You just got drilled at South Carolina. People now questioning whether you're, you're a fraud or not. Are, are you actually truly an NCAA championship contender? You've got to be more desperate than Arkansas. And I think the more desperate team Saturday wins, the, the one that play, not it's not as much who plays the hardest, but who's the, who's the most desperate and can lock in and get those two or three stops in a row when it's needed in the second half. I, I do think this is going to be a tighter game. I know Arkansas has struggled. I know they just come coming off a blowout loss. I do think this is going to be a tighter game because I think that this is going to be all hands on deck for Eric Muscle in, in Arkansas Saturday at Bud Walton. 
Talking with Sean Smith on the McClarty Daniel Hotline covers Kentucky basketball in Lexington. Sean, you bring up Reed Shepard, whose dad, um, Jeff, played in the 90s. What is that connection? What has that legacy been like for Kentucky fans, a, a name that Arkansas fans are familiar with? Well, it's been one that you knew when he got here, regardless of how he looked, the fans were going to be screaming his name for him to enter the game and, and, and everything. And, and he's been better than advertised. And he he's actually, he played his high school basketball in a, in a part of the state where I grew up, uh, the same region that I played in when I was in high school. So I was very familiar with his game. And, and that part of the state doesn't produce Division One talent in basketball very often. And when it does, the whole community follows it. Well, you just go ahead and multiply that times 10 because this whole state follows it. So to be as good as he's been and to impact the game in so many areas and his basketball IQ, I think that he's better. I grew up watching Jeff. I think that he's a better overall player than what Jeff was at this stage in his career. But you put that with Kentucky basketball and his dad being a Final Four MVP, read on a team that everybody believes can make a run to the Final Four, and it's just added to even more excitement. I don't remember this type of buzz around one single player. I'm seeing more Reed Shepard number 15 jerseys than I am any other jersey when, when I cover these games at UK or if I'm out in town or in the city somewhere. You, you can't really you can't really put it into words what it's meant for this fan base to really see a kid that they grew up following, but also a dad that was so successful in this program. And you see Jeff and his wife Stacy, they're sitting behind the bench every game. They're into it. They're cheering for everybody. It, it, it's been a really, it's been a joy to kind of sit back and watch. And look, I mean, that, that kid's popping up as, as top 10 NBA draft picks on certain boards, and I don't think any of us saw that coming. Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, he's still coming off the bench at points. And I know Cal, like Muss, is trying to figure out their r- rotation based on just kind of what's going on. When, when you look at those two head coaches as they're third of the way through conference play, are you surprised that, and I know Big C getting out of the mix kind of changes in Lexington, are you surprised that both coaches are still trying to figure it out to this point? I, I am. I, I'm surprised on, on both ends, honestly. And I know Musselman's a, a different situation. I mean, he, he loads up on the transfer portal, and, and sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. We've, we've actually seen that with, with Cal and Kentucky the last couple of years where you go all in on the portal, not as much high school recruiting, and it didn't pay off in the NCAA tournament. You had a generational talent in Oscar Shibway win one NCAA tournament game. So, like, it doesn't always work. And I think coaches now are trying to find that blend when it comes to roster construction of what is best. And I think it's different year to year. But with Kentucky, you've got Rob and Reed both coming off the bench, and they're projected to be two of Kentucky's highest draft picks. I don't, I don't know if that's going to continue as you get into February or March. Justin Edwards continues to start, but is not very efficient, not really productive. I think that's going to change at some point coming soon. You just added Big Z to the mix. Kentucky ran a ton of different lineup combinations in South Carolina, and none of them were on the floor longer than a, a few seconds, a minute or two. And I think that that threw some of the rhythm off. When you get a seven-footer added to the mix in late January, you just added another seven-footer a couple weeks ago. You got Aaron Bradshaw back in December. You get a Duthie Arrow back soon, possibly Saturday in Arkansas. Like, I think that Cal's finding – I think he's finding a hard time and finding it difficult to kind of figure out where he wants to go with this team. And I know he's platooned in the past. That's not going to happen. Even that year he platooned, guys, he ended up – shrinking that thing down to seven or eight when it mattered in the NCAA tournament. And that's what's going to happen with this team. Now with Musselman, 
I think it's just kind of figuring out what works best. And I, it's, it's not gone as planned. I know there's been some injuries. that They've not been at full strength at times. Trying to figure out what's best. I still think the best version of Arkansas will come as you get closer to that SEC tournament. But I also think the best version of Kentucky's coming as well. Hey, could you tell us the, the backstory, the inside story on Big Z and how he got eligible at, at this late point in the season? Yeah, it, it's wild. Uh, honestly, I don't think anybody expected it. Once it got to a certain point, there, there was some buzz there in mid-December going into the winter break that he was going to go home to Croatia and actually not return just because it became such a mental grind of not being eligible. He comes here wanting to play. Eventually it was going to be prepared to get to the league and go enter the draft again. But he says that that wasn't something that he considered, and he returned. And then Cal kind of turned up the heat in some press conferences. I know fans and stuff put, put some uh, GoFundMe together to put a billboard outside the NCAA uh, office so they would look at it. I don't know if that was just a coincidence or what, but just a couple of days later, Mitch Barnhart receives the email that, that he's eligible. And, and it was over. It wasn't over a large amount of money that it made. It was actually a very small amount of money. And, and Cal went public a couple of times saying that how frustrating it was that he wasn't eligible. But that came out of nowhere the morning they played Georgia. And if I'm and if I'm Mike White, I wasn't expecting to see a seven foot two guy throwing behind the back passes or hitting threes on the scouting report that day. So at least Arkansas will have a couple of games of film and, and some scout and some game plan for him. Well, Sean, we'll leave it there. We really appreciate you making some time for us this morning, and we'll see what happens tomorrow in Bud Walton Arena starting at 5 o'clock on ESPN. I appreciate you having me on. All right, good stuff. Again, Sean Smith on the McCarty-Daniel hotline. And, again, Kentucky guy covers the team, but you heard him say that he expects a good game tomorrow. And I know that things are not going your way. They haven't for a good chunk of this season, but uh, there is still some some optimism Chuck, even in Lexington circles, that this is not going to be an easy test for the Wildcats. Kentucky played a lot of great games over the years, and I think, you know, Sean's of the age, and some of us are, when we remember the great games of the 90s, you know, when Jeff Shepard played, and some of the other guys, too, and we've been nostalgic for that, and we went through a period where Arkansas and Kentucky really wasn't all that great. Um, you know, Kentucky leads the series 34-14, to uh, they've kind of been our, uh, uh, you know, they've been in basketball what Texas used to be in football. You remember the great wins, and they are great. I mean, when you beat them, it's great. But they do tend to win most of the time. And so, um, you know, you've, you've certainly got to give them credit for that. But I think people want this to be a good game. You know, I want it to be a good game. I remember when they played on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, you know, that's what particularly fans of that generation, our generation, I think, long for and they're hopeful it'll be that way tomorrow kentucky's played better than arkansas i mean there are a lot of reasons why kentucky should win the game going away the one that concerns me the most quite honestly i wish kentucky had beaten south carolina the other night me too (laughs) I, i know when you watch a game like that with a tendency to pull for the underdog or against calipari you know it's kind of fun to watch south carolina run them out of the arena i get that but at the same time i'm sitting there thinking man you know Kentucky's, you know, they're in the middle of one of those two-game road swings this week. Arkansas will have one next week uh, where realistically, you, you know, you think going into the week, you know, it'd be nice to split this week. It'd be great to go 2-0. and But, um, you know, the best Kentucky can do now is a split. And 
Um, I just wish they'd won that game. I'll put yeah. it that if way. If our timing was poor. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, right, right. That's exactly right. And I remember I, I told Tommy that Wednesday morning, it was my what's your beef. It's like, why did South Carolina have to win last night? Which, again, Lamont Paris did a great job. But I think that, yeah, in similar circumstances, Chuck, back four years ago when that game Cal got tossed, if I remember right, they lost to South Carolina earlier in that week. So um, it was, again, it's still... A and they won that game, they too. They did, yeah. Kentucky, yeah. As, as fun as Cal getting tossed was, they still won that game. So, again, it's going to be a tough matchup tomorrow. I will say you should... So I, we were talking with Sean earlier. Kentucky defensively is bad. Like, they, they've got a lot of young players, a lot of new pieces, and I know they've got some size and they've got some height, like we were talking about with Big Z. But I looked at their... I mean, every conference game, they've given up 77 or more points. So... That, they are not a complete team at this point yet. I know Arkansas has struggled offensively, but you're going to be able at points to score on this basketball team or have the opportunity to score. That's probably the better way to put it. It's a matter if you can take advantage of that. Well, both teams have given up about the same number of points per game. Uh, the difference is Arkansas scored 76 and Kentucky scored 89. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a really good offensive team, and so they, uh, um, they, they've got the ability to score. They'll give up some points. But for every two they give up, they score three. Mm-hmm. And usually, when you think about a Kentucky team, long, athletic, can get to the rim. This team can shoot it, man. I mean, if you've watched them at any point this season, I mean, he mentioned Dillingham, Wagner, Shepard's the kid. If you leave open, it's curtains. I mean, that bu- that ball's going in the bucket. Uh, that's what impresses me about this Kentucky team is, is usually it's just, again, uh, the athleticism that outdoes you. But they can shoot you out of a gym as well, unfortunately. Well, when you look at their numbers, I mean, their their overall field goal percentage is just a hair under 50, and they're better than 40 from beyond the arc. So they got a lot of guys that can score. And, and um, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about defending the three. Um, you know, you better, you, you know, you better defend the shooter. You better identify the shooter, and you better defend the shooter in this game. And, and the thing about Kentucky is they got multiple guys when you start uh, – uh, there's three or four, three or four of them that uh, have the ability to do that. Hey, you hear us every day talk about McClarty Daniel, whether it's the hotline, uh, the text line. McClarty Daniel is our partner, and when you are looking for an automobile, uh, they're really the kind of company that I think you want as your partner as well. When you're a McClarty Daniel customer, and those who are customers already know this, you're treated a little bit differently. Uh, you feel it when you walk in. You know, they welcome you. They're glad to have you. Uh, they're going to offer you something to drink, maybe a snack. Um, you're going to get a great deal on a great automobile. That's a given. Um, but what really separates them is what happens after all of that. Uh, you're going to find that you are going to have an ongoing relationship. There are going to be things like Saturday service, which I don't know about you, but that's a big deal to me. And when your car is being serviced, things like complimentary rentals. Uh, these are what they have built their business on frankly is these kinds of things that set them apart with their customers it is all about the customer experience at mclarty daniel now they've got six locations in bentonville and springdale you can experience it for yourself in person you can shop online at mclartydaniel.com really uh, hang on uh, really important the first eight minutes of this game you don't you don't have to be ahead but you can't be behind like you were the other night at Ole Miss. You got to take care of the basketball early. I, I think, I think taking care of the ball and not having the turnovers is maybe the key to the first eight minutes. But Chuck, we saw the other night at Ole Miss, first ten minutes of the game, it was pretty well over at that point. I mean, 
Ole Miss hadn't put it completely out of reach. Arkansas got back within six, but never could get over the hump. I think it's really important you get the building energized uh, the way it needs to be. But, guys, you got to protect that basketball and not give away possessions in the first eight, ten minutes of this game. I know that's a generalized statement, but that's what we've seen this team do three different times when they never held the, the lead for a moment in the ballgame in SEC play. One of the things that I thought demoralized Arkansas the other night, and it's demoralized them repeatedly this year, is that I think when a guy gets to the rim, you know, I, I, I think when a guy beats you off the dribble and, and, and just goes basically, you know, unchallenged to the basket, whether it's a guard, big guy, whoever, goes in, lays it in, don't stop the ball, um, I think that demoralizes a team. I, th- I think that's, a, you know, that's a whether you dunk or whether you just lay it up, uh, that's a you-can't-stop-me kind of play. And Ole Miss did that right from the jump yeah. the other night. Uh, literally, right from the jump. You're right. And uh, um, I think that you've got to send a message early on that, you know, we're here to play, and, and we're going to challenge you. You may be bigger. You may have, you know, more All-Americans, whatever. But we're going to challenge you. You're not going to go to the rim. You're not going to get an easy shot. Um, you're going to get fouled, and sometimes you're going to get fouled hard before we let you do that. Um, ideally, you stop them before they get there. But um, I think that's a real key early on is do you stop the ball? And, of course, on the other end, there's no substitute for making shots. Yeah, Jordan rules, baby. No easy layups. Well, I, I'm no not easy. saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I do think and, – and the look, the best way to send the message is to not let them dribble drive to the basket. That's the best way to send the message. Yeah. But I just don't think you can give up easy buckets from the jump the way they did the other night. And we'll see if they are able to do that initially, Tommy, you're the, the getting going early and not turning the ball over. And it's these, it's these unforced turnovers have killed him. And, again, the inexplicable just blow-bys that Arkansas has given up several times this season. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.